Ladies and gentlemen, the three knockdown rule is in effect on UFC Fight Pass. I'm Steve Kim, joined by Mr. Mario Lopez. How are you? No moniker this eh, week? Come on, man. You painted yeah. the wig and I get no moniker? Mm, I know. That's what happens. Anyway, we've got a busy show. <laughs> the bout sheet for this week's program. Navarrete Valdez, big fight in Arizona. Anthony Joshua versus somebody. Then we have Ask Mario and Final Flurry. But we all let you know this show is brought to you by the Hustler Casino. It's our favorite local L.A. casino and home of the most popular poker live stream in the world, a Southern California staple since the year 2000. That's right, and thanks to our sponsor and neighbor right here in Hollywood, Scout Micro LA. They offer a unique and innovative hair loss solution for men. They do a thing called SMP. It's a hair restoration that replicates the exact shape and follicle of your hair by tattooing tiny particles of the pigment into the scalp, giving the illusion of hair. Don't trip. It's actually really cool, and you can see results in as little as one treatment. You can create and restore a new hairline, especially if you uh, rock a close-cropped hairstyle, camouflage burns, or a skin condition. If you haven't had that on the scalp, they use the highest quality. So if you're going bald or just looking for a new summer, Pardon me. If you're going bald, if you're just looking for a new look this summer, call our buddies over at Scout Micro LA. Mention this ad for a free consult. If you're getting thin, he'll help fill you in. They, help, uh, they will help fill it in. Quick shout out to smoking uh, Tim Frazier and Tino. Tino on the edits. All right, let's get started. Round number one this Saturday night from Glendale, Arizona, from the Desert Diamond Arena on ESPN. Mexican showdown. There should be chingasos, Mr. Lopez, mm. for the WBO Junior Lightweight Championship of the World. Emmanuel Navarrete takes on Oscar Valdez. Orale. I mean, Orale. if you can cast um, fighters for an all-action, with, it has to be a TV-friendly fight. You couldn't get two better guys, man. On a Saturday night, chingasos and cervezas are going to be flowing mm -mm -mm. that night. For sure. You know, I was asked earlier, who do you like in that fight? And I had a, who, who, do you, who do I like in that fight? I had to pause a little bit because I like both guys, obviously very different styles. Um, I thought Navarrete was getting a little touched too much for me this last time. And Valdez, I think his pressure style, and if you can get that left hook working early and often, should be the favorite in uh, this fight. So I think I'm leaning towards him. But as far as the action or as long as the action um, is happening in the ring, I think it's going to be fun. Mm. Two-way battle. I don't expect a lot of lulls, and I'm looking forward to checking it out, man. There should be no feel-out rounds. There is no feel-out. We're going to feel them out by letting the hands go. Here's the thing with Emmanuel Navarrete. Let's go back to February 3rd, his last fight against Liam Wilson. You know, we always talk about the long counts. Mario, there are long counts, and then there was that. He literally got almost 30 seconds after he got drilled by that Aussie. Hmm. In my view, with a proper count, and if it was administered a little bit quicker, we have a new world champion. And I remember thinking on this night, because Valdez pulled out of that fight with an injury. First thing I thought of, I said, mm, Oscar Valdez and his manager, Frank Espinosa, must be thinking to themselves, if we would have made it to the dance, we would have taken the prom queen home. They would have been world champions. Now, here's the thing. If you are a fighter like Oscar Valdez, the worst thing that can happen to you is to pull out of a fight and to that guy to struggle. Now, I believe Navarrete must be really more motivated because his habits aren't that good. And I asked Oscar a couple months ago when he was doing the workouts for the fight underneath Loma and Haney. He said, Steve, I did miss an opportunity. He goes, the guy I saw that night, I know will not show up on this night. It's funny that mm. you say that, because earlier I was at uh, Brickhouse Boxing Club, ran into uh, Regis Progray, mm. who was yes. in town for a little bit, 
and is going to go to uh, his hometown in New Orleans. Such a nice kid. Well-spoken. And he's coming back for his camp in preparation for uh, Devin Haney, who he's assuming to fight. And I think Devin Haney selected him a lot like we're talking about right here based on his last performance. We talked about it a little bit. And he goes, yeah, man. Mario, people think it's a hometown advantage when you're fighting at home. You're getting distractions, people hitting you up for tickets. You want to force to perform. And then my guy's a little bit awkward. It's just, I was a little bit off, but, and now people kind of want me. And now this fight obviously is not going to happen at home, probably going to happen in um, in Vegas. And I'm feeling really good. And I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, man, Haney probably saw that, probably saw Progre, yeah. is thinking, okay, that guy, I think I can beat as opposed to maybe going up against a sharpshooter like Shakur. But that guy maybe just had a, a bit of an off night, and be, because of those circumstances, he's going to train hard. Yes. He's going to come well prepared, and he can crack. And he still dropped his opponent in that last fight, by the way. So I think it's a case of be careful what you wish for. I don't know if that exactly um, is a perfect example for Navarrete and Valdez, but I think Valdez will definitely have his hands full with a very well-prepared Navarrete. Yeah, and, and to Navarrete's credit, after that count, he ended up grinding him down, wearing him down, stopping Liam Wilson. He's like a windmill. In nine, but he's absolutely a windmill, and technically and fundamentally, he's all wrong, but it's right for him. He, he makes it work. Now, Valdez had not fought for a while. He Remember, he got blanked by Shakur Stevenson. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. He does that to everybody. But I think it's important that his team said, you know what, we're not going to go straight to Navarrete. They actually took Adam Lopez, got a good solid 10 rounds in on mm-hmm. May 20th. Smart. I believe that's a competitive advantage. Now, from a stylistic standpoint, and how do you win the fight? Like you said with Navarrete, he's a windmill. So you have to make sure that you are gauging distance. You have to be all the way in or all the way out. And I think being close is going to be better for Valdez. He's got the shorter, sharper punches. He doesn't always do a good job of turning him over. But Mario, in my view, Valdez has more compact punches. So if he's inside his chest, he's got to stay there. Do not pull back out. No, I agree. And it's hard to prepare for a guy like Navarrete. You're not exactly going to get any sort of sparring that emulates that guy. And then you think you might have him figured out just by watching tape. But then you get in there and it's it's totally different. So I like him. Um, slightly, but it, it's one of those, mm. like, I, you know, you, you wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Navarrete sort of pulls it off either. You know, but I do, you know, going in, I do, I think I'd have it towards a, a favor of Valdez, but um, I don't think it'd be a shocker if Navarrete somehow pulls it together and is able to sort of overwhelm him. But, you know. You know, going into the Spence Crawford fight, I had this strange confidence about Terrence Crawford that a lot of the intangibles favored him that we outlined. In this fight, I I still get the sense that Valdez is awfully motivated. Mm -hmm. And Valdez is the type of guy, he cares about Hall of Fame. And he understands a victory and becoming a two-division champion or a four-division champion or four-time world champion against a guy that only has one loss in 38 fights. I get the feeling that this is going to be a lot like the Miguel Burchelt fight. Remember coming into that oh, fight, yeah. Burchelt was this unstoppable force. That's right. And then Valdez had told me the summer before, he goes, Steve, I know how to beat this guy. I grew up with him. I he's, sparred with him. I kind of know. too, yeah. So I expect a very good v- version of Valdez, one that's going to be motivated. And I'm not going to say knockout. A lot of people are shading Valdez. I'm going to lean that way, too. I think Valdez becomes another adds another championship belt um, to his collection. Yeah. And that's going to be really, really interesting. Mario, developing story. We thought Saturday afternoon we were going to have a fight between Anthony Joshua and Dillian White. And it turns out Dillian White tested positive for the whole pharmacy and Rite Aid. Mm. Uh, there was a VADA test with adverse findings, more than one. So now it's Anthony Joshua against Tom Bob Anderson. In other words, 
TBA. Uh, according to Eddie Hearn, the show must go on. I don't know what to really think other than the fact that uh, as someone that advocates for activity and the fact that Anthony Joshua has not been very active, you know this is going to be the first year in about four years he's had more than one fight in a year. I don't care if they put up a mannequin. I actually agree with the decision to let him fight. No, I agree. And look, no one was asking for that fight anyway. I, I No one was clamoring for the, the Dillian White fight. So it was sort of a ho-hum when it was announced and sort of a ho-hum when it was canceled. Um, I like the fact that someone will be in there. He will be facing a live body, could build his confidence up, and hopefully it's uh, it's uh, one of the big names we've been talking about on the heels of this, assuming he's victorious. Yeah, it's almost like uh, with this writer strike, right? Where you're kind of being affected by it. If someone said, hey guys, because of this recent strike, there's no G. Lee 2. Oh, really? Okay, good. Right. That's a good analogy. Maybe maybe there are some. Oh, you like that one. That's that was good. good. Once in a while, you come off, you know, and that was like within the last 20 years. No, get last out of here. Last you're like kind of right. Early 2000s, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah okay. Like but early 2000s. Um, I have a question. Everyone's talking about Anthony Joshua in the Middle East, millions of dollars, I mean, tens of millions of dollars against Deontay Wilder. You go to Brickhouse, Malik Scott is there, Deontay Wilder once in a while. Sure. I see him working He's out. There. When's he fighting? Well, honestly, when's he fighting? I know. I mean, were they down this road with Andy Ruiz and this, this sort of cat and mouse? I, I heard it was dangerously close. And then next thing you know, it's not. So. It looks like he was at least trying to make a fight, but at some point you have to have a window that you stick to, and if he doesn't uh, agree to to the terms within that window, then you have to have a plan B and move on quickly. Because, like you said, look, I think guys like Wilder, Fury, Joshua can take their time a little bit more because they have a little bit more financial stability. And at this point in their career, it's okay. But the heavyweight champion, uh, the heavyweight division is not exciting right now because of the lack of inactivity, man. Right now, here's what we have. Alexander Usyk in a few weeks will make his mandatory defense against Daniel Dubois. Okay, got to get rid of that. Hopefully okay. that leads to a Fury fight. I My understanding is at the beginning of next year, that might actually happen. Keep this I in like mind that. I like about that. Deontay Wilder. And this is Fury uh, and this Fury coming off the heels of uh, Nganu, which I know is a novelty fight, but... He's at least he's in there with a live body, like you said. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> a here, big live body, but yes, not a boxer. <laughs> but here's the issue with Deontay Wilder. Do you know in about two months, it'll be a year anniversary of his three-minute bout against Robert Hellenius? So keep this in mind. You were there for that fight. I was in Nashville at that point. It was October of 2021. Mm. Fury and Wilder have that incredible heavyweight slugfest. So that's what, two years ago, right? So you're telling me in two years since the time Deontay Wilder got knocked out by Tyson Fury, he's seen three minutes of live action. That's wild, isn't it? And it's amazing because him and Malik Scott are always training. He's the most trainingest non-fighting heavyweight I've ever seen. Don't you want to get paid? Don't you want to make money? I don't understand. I have a theory. You can't get better unless you actually fight. You could practice all you want. I have a theory, too. You can't get paid unless you're actually fighting. Well, that's a great theory. <laughs> My financial advisor, if you're EF Hutton, I would listen right? to you. So I, I don't understand this whole thing. And I there's some things that Deontay Wilder says where you could tell he's a little bit perturbed with certain people. Hmm. And I'm just, look, he, he starts chirping about the finances of the game, the people oh, that head God. careers, the people that run them like... What are we talking about? But anyway, Deontay, Malik, I hope you have a fight soon because at the end of the day, uh, Proverbs, Mario Lopez, book one, chapter one, paragraph one, um, you don't fight, you don't get paid. It's and really listen, that simple. Listen, I think when boxers start to become their own managers and financial advisors and start focusing on other things other than fighting, that's when they start to have these long droughts in between their bouts 
and they take their eye off the ball. You got to fight, man, and get yourself a good team around you to keep you busy, keep you active, and keep you in the ring so you can continue to make money. Otherwise, you hear all this chirping, and it's nothing but a distraction and doing yourself a disservice. There's a phrase called dying on the vine, and there's been a particular pattern this year. Going from Josh Taylor to Teofimo Lopez. Uh, I would say this generation. So, so Stephen Fulton against Inoue. Wouldn't you? Right. It, mm-hmm. Well, no, it, it, it is something that is a virus that is spreading. And then you have Errol Spence against Terrence Crawford. Mm-hmm. The fighter that has been more active or has had a more recent fight than the opponent. And again, it's just a variable because talent wins. Talent and execution and performance. But this year, I'm just telling you, Canelo at least fought in May. We may have not been overwhelmed by his fight against uh, John Ryder. But Jermell Charlo, for as talented as he is, he has not fought for over 14, 15 months coming into their battle, September 30th. Oh, I want to talk about him a little yes, later, too. Yes, it matters, though. That's Absolutely. all I'm saying. Absolutely. All right, when we come back, we'll have more of the Three Knockdown Rule with Steve Kim and Mario Lopez. Now, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by LA's very own Hustler Casino, home of the most popular streaming show, Hustler Casino Live, which will be celebrating two years on August the 3rd. And make sure to vote for up to nine of your favorite poker players for the epic all-star game on August 9th. Go to hustlercasino.com forward slash all-star to vote. And we are back on the three knockdown rule on UFC Fight Pass. Gentlemen, uh, if you'd like to get involved with the three knockdown rule and sponsor our fine program, we still have some slots available. Please reach out to us by emailing info at boxbid.io. Once again, that's info at boxbid.io. Boxbid.io is an online platform that is launching soon that helps public figures and professionals in the world of boxing get sponsorships. We are proudly working with boxbid.io. All right, moving on to the fight review, fight preview Saturday from the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. Jake Paul with a clear-cut 10-round decision over Nate Diaz. Mario, you actually watched this. I did watch wow. it, but you didn't watch it? I saw highlights. I saw, saw clips. Was, okay, listen. I mean, so, so no, no, I was I was at the beach that? with the fam. We're out there, came home, and it, it worked out. I actually saw the fight before, too, with uh, Serrano. Yo, who was, the, who was the, that little white girl she fought? Heather Hardy. Might be the toughest chick I've ever seen. She took an ass whooping like she just ripped off everyone in that arena. It was she what a what a beating she took and she kept coming. It was like Rocky Balboa. She just she wanted to survive all all the rounds. Um, all right, the main event here. Oh yeah, you sound over. You, you sound really impressed well, by what you saw. Here's the thing. There. Here's Jeez. the thing. I love me some Nick Diaz, man. I love uh, or some Nate. Pardon me. The Freudian slip there. His brother's yeah. Nick. Those guys. You have to understand this. Those guys in their prime were absolute monsters. Just truly tough, gifted individuals. Because mm-hmm. uh, black belts uh, uh, in jujitsu. Um, Always been um, just great, fight, good kickboxers. I mean, the, the the their extension and known for their cardio, which is ironic because they smoke a lot of weed. They're not shy about mm-hmm. that, but they're known they do triathlons all the time. But they're always in shape. Nate now is almost going to be forty years old. It He's showed been out of the UFC. It showed for a while, um, but still has his insane cardio. Meanwhile, Jake Paul's over here looking like he's had a whole pharmacy in him. My mm-hmm. guy's got a. He's got a a masseuse with a nutritionist, with a a magician, a juggler. His team is like 20 people deep Mm. out there. And he said he spent like a half a million in the training camp. And I was like, all right. And he still looked very amateurish to me. Look, I give anyone props that steps in there. But I don't see major strides in his improvement 
um, as far as uh, fighting acumen. He came out very aggressive in the first, started catching uh, Nate with some big shots. I go, oh man, it's going to be all she wrote. Because Nate's reflexes, and I love the guy, but they're, they're, they're shot. They're not there anymore. Yeah. And as opposed to MMA and grappling, you can be a lot more passive and grabbing and take yeah. your time. Boxing, you see that punch, you got to slip it. You got to parry it. You got to get out of the way. So he was a little more elusive than I thought. But the first round, he was taking some big shots. I thought that was going to be all she wrote. Little did I, little did I know that he was able to kind of work himself back into the fight. He did get caught with one shot. He was a little off balance coming in, but it didn't seem to affect him because he was starting to put his punches together. He looked like he was punching underwater. He looked like, you know when you're dreaming and you think you're fighting when you're dreaming? Yeah. <laughs> That's what he looked like. Like how you think you're fighting when you're dreaming. But he was still being effective, Kim. He was still putting his punches together and being effective. He had the whole crowd on his side. You know what he ran out of? Rounds. Two more rounds because Jake looked gassed. It was a much closer fight than maybe what you thought with the... Um, uh, with the scorecards indicated, it was a much closer fight. And if he had two rounds, I'm telling you, I think he would have just stopped him. He's never been a heavy-handed guy, but he just overwhelms you with the accumulation of punches. You know what he overwhelms he... you with? The matchmaking. <laughs> Give me a break. No, I don't. But, I mean... but I'm talking about Nick. Forget Jake Paul. I'm talking about Nick Diaz. I don't think I he hurt his legacy uh, uh, no, at all, to be honest not. with you. Look. And now he's talking about wanting to fight him in MMA. Very different. That's very different, and that's going to end. That's going to end in a bad, bad way. Because once you grab someone, and if you don't know how to grapple, or you don't know jujitsu, or you don't know submissions, that's going to be all she wrote. Here's the facts about Jake Paul. He's 26 years old. He's seven and one, four knockouts. This fight was fought at a weight limit of 185 pounds. Jake, now, 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 Nate now, Diaz oh, is usually fights 155, 170, mind you. Right. Again, his <laughs> matchmaking is superb, and he's built like a bag of milk. My guy yeah. does not. It looks like he's never done a push up in his life. And the other yeah. guy's looks like he's just been living in the gym, squatting all day. So, based on what you said, do you ever see a time, let's fast forward two years from now, and his record is, let's say, 15-1, and one, when he starts fighting other guys like Tank Abbott, mm. uh, Tito Ortiz, okay? Um, you ever see a point where he, he's good enough to fight maybe the fourth best cruiserweight for the world cruiserweight title? At 200 pounds. Do you ever see that at all and that being a possibility? Absolutely not. Oh. Absolutely not. But he's carved himself out a niche. There's no doubt. It's lucrative. And it's a very lucrative niche. That's exactly what I was going to say. And it's novelty fights, these crossover fights. So good for him. I never knock anyone's hustle. No. And if he's able to do that, but where I think he loses a lot of people and a lot of respect is when he's, when he's like starting to call out Canelo. <laughs> okay. And he started, now, now we're getting... Hold now, on. Does okay, it help like, when our boy Oscar De La Hoya says, Jake, dude, what is he good doing? job. Dude, what is he I doing? think you're going to be good enough to fight for a title. I'm like, Oscar, really? He's I think he's really trolling. Awesome. He's got to be trolling. Or trying goes, to sign him? No, he said, yeah, really? he said there's a lot... He's his own guy. He's his own promoter. He can't yeah. sign him. He's his own promoter. So he lives a very comfortable life in Puerto Rico out there. Yeah. And his brother, by the way, was coming on the heels from a WWE. And he's a pretty good wrestler, yeah. actually. Yeah. Logan Paul from a WWE event. So the brothers are doing their thing. I tip my hat to him doing the thing. As far as him being taken serious as, as a fighter, no, I would say he's like a strong amateur coming up, young, strong. He's got a lot of money behind his team. But there, he was falling for every little feint. Doesn't move the head. He's a one one two one one two kind of guy. Went downstairs a little yeah, bit. Paint by numbers. Paint by numbers a little yeah. bit, but there's no way. Yeah. There's no way we, we can't be. Forget. I think a guy. Forget the cruiser. I even think like light heavyweights out there. That it's just no. It, it's not gonna happen. But I'll tell you the last MMA guy I would like to see him fight is uh, Jorge Masvidal. Because the thing about 
Nate Diaz, he's it's like I said, it's underwater. They've never been snappy, and it's accumulation. Jorge has hands, but he, he doesn't. He doesn't have a heavy hand. Jorge has heavy hands, and he's got snappy punches, and he's still yeah. relatively young, younger than Nate. I think that someone who can actually crack back and has a little more snap to his punches, that I would like to see. Yeah, I, I mean, him. look, if I, you're going to continue down this MMA fighter route. I, I saw Jake Paul's highlights. The Zone did a nice job of cutting up a condensed version of the fight. And, and I'm not going to lie to you. After watching the Showtime replay of Crawford, Spence, and then that back-to-back, it's like going to an art gallery and seeing Mona Lisa or, or, or going to see a, a whatever, a Rembrandt or whoever these painters, Monet, and then seeing a stick figure with crayons. I mean, it's just such a different level. You're like, good Lord. No, you got to take it for what it is. You got to see it for what it is. I yeah, do. Yeah, stick figures and crayons. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All sorts of different colors painted <laughs> right. beyond the lines. It but- was kind of entertaining, to be honest with you. I thought it was going to be a blowout. It was ended up being kind of entertaining. But then I, I'd stop at the end. I'm like, what did I just watch? Yeah. Why did I do that? <laughs> uh, and also, uh, moving ahead, fight preview on Showtime from Oxon Hill, Maryland. Uh, triple header of action, vacant IBF Bantamweight titles on the line. Melvin Lopez takes on Emmanuel Rodriguez. No also, Junior Walter. Welterweight Gary Antoine Russell takes on Kent Cruz, and the talented young welterweight Trayvon Marshall takes on Gabriel Maestre. News and notes: Mario Buzzkill alert. Mm. Death, taxes, and the yearly Arter Better BF injury that knocks out a fight, so he will not be fighting Calm Smith August nineteenth. What happened to his jaw? Dental injury. Dental injury. Yeah, because of sparring. Or no, no, I think he was messed up. Well, his jaw, some sort of infection, some something happened. Oh, man. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah, so kids, make sure you brush and floss liberally. Okay. So oh, man, because look, that guy, we know his nails, so it's legit. But you know, it's funny about him, though. He's well-built. He's a human wrecking ball, but he's like a sports car. One thing goes wrong, it's out of service. Because if you want, if you well, don't dude, want- your jaws, I mean, if I, he had like, come on, your jaw, you're going to get punched there. You can't have a hurt jaw. Yeah, I'm with you on like, that. Like you got an ankle or even a knee, okay, maybe because he stays in the pocket. You you can't go in there with like a jaw, a hurt jaw. I don't remember the last time he went through a year where a fight was not canceled or backed up. And 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 like you said, the irony, that's a hard man. A hard man. He does push-ups in his fingertips to his knuckles. That's a hard guy. Uh, Also, Golden Boy announces September 16th at the Commerce Casino. William Zapato, Camarón, takes on Mercito Hesta. I like this fight. That's fight. And I mean, that's a fun fight. And that's here. We got to go. Yeah, Zapata is a is a whirlwind. But I do wonder, um, when, at, when you go to lightweight, you are now running What's into- What's the date of that again? September sorry? 16th. Okay. Um, it's going to be at Commerce. Nice little tent yeah, setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zapata throws a million punches. I He's love it. all action guy. But I wonder, are they going to give him the same treatment they're giving Munguia? I really think Munguia is now managed oh. by the Secret Service. I've never seen a fighter this protected Wait, in my Oscar life. Oscar texted me, actually. Oh, look at Tom oh, Loeffler. Breaking just, news? Breaking Tom news? Tom Loeffler just texted me. Right oh, so say our next Tom. show is Saturday, August 26th. Is it the one we're talking about? No, no. No, that's the other one. Oh, no, that's the one with Callum yeah. Walsh. That's it. Yeah. No, he said, I forgot. Wait, hold on. As he, this is riveting on. stuff here, by the way. Well, no, yeah. but I because you mentioned Munguia. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Mungia Berlanga winner fights Canelo. Okay, but wait a minute. I've heard this before, but <laughs> yeah, that, if you haven't heard it from the promoter. Oh no, no, no. My question is this: Is the fight done? Well, it, it looks sounds like it's being worked on, doesn't it? Worked on. A lot of things <laughs> been worked on with Mungia. You know, it's not been actually completed. A real fight. I, mean, I agree. We're we breaking my balls for him. Just telling you what well, I'm you reporting. Got the, huh? You got the I'm plug over there with Delahoye. I'm just saying. Put a little pressure on him. All right. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we go to uh, Ask Mario and Final Flurries on the three knockdown rule.
Shout out to our boy Oscar Lopez, no relation, from Scalp Micro LA. His company offers a unique and very innovative hair loss solution for men. They specialize in a pigmentation known as SMP. Basically, it replicates the exact shape and size of hair follicles by tattooing little particles of pigment into the scalp, giving the illusion of hair. Don't trip. It's actually very realistic. You can see the results in as little as one treatment. They create and restore hairlines, give the appearance of density to thinning hair. So if it's starting to go, it'll look a little thicker. If you're going bald or you're just looking for a new uh, look this summer, check out our homies over at Scout Micro LA and mention this ad for a free consult. All right, we're back on the three knockdown rule on UFC Fight Pass. We go to the Ask Mario segment of this program. Here's one from Frank Poultry. Uh, Assuming Crawford can stay active, it feels like there will be significant buzz throughout the sports world for his next fight. How would you rate Bud's crossover star appeal after last weekend's beatdown of Spence? Well, that was definitely a uh, star-making performance. And those within the sport know he's been a star. Um, the irony is my guy's about to be 36 years old. So I don't want to say he's necessarily long in the tooth, but he's definitely on the backside uh, of his career. And he himself has mentioned only wanting to fight maybe a couple more years. Yeah. And there's a possibility we might be talking to him this next week so we can hear it from the horse's mouth. So uh, look forward to that. I still think with all that said, I favor him against anyone. Um, from 47 to 54, Correct. right? I really do. Even at 54, Zoo, Charlo. Speaking of Charlo, man... Those guys have not gotten a lot of positive press as of late from the Caleb slap to uh, pushing that nice elderly lady to get to the seat. uh, Not a lot of uh, uh, positive buzz with it. Is your take, Kim? It's them. They're fiery and they're volatile. I like them as fighters, but the way they behave, what's that old saying? The energy you give is the energy you get back. Mm. So it is what it is. And look, there's a lot of personal issues with Jermall still. I'm still not... Sure, when he's going to fight, to be honest with you. I'm really not. Going back to Crawford, it reminds me of Hagler after the Tommy Hearns fight, a guy that everyone thought was unpromotable or tough to promote. After that fight, Hagler started getting commercials with Pizza Hut. Uh, I think uh, Soda, mm-hmm. Pepsi, or Diet Coke had him. He got all these national. He was on Punky Brewster. I remember that. I remember on, that. On 227. Yeah, remember a bully? Yeah. He had to take care of a bully. Yeah. Brockton. I, I remember Punky. Mr. That's Brockton funny. had to that. come out and clean that up. But... Here's the interesting thing about Crawford, having covered him for at least 10 years. He's never been comfortable with the media. He's not the most gregarious, outspoken guy. He is who he is. But the past week, in the wake of that victory, to see him on all these shows that generally don't cover boxing, and for him to say, you know what, I'm going to make the rounds, I think he realizes the gravity of this performance and the fact, I need to do this. I may not like to do it. It's not my natural thing, Mm -hmm. but it's good for me. And so I'm glad he's doing it. And again, Me too. on my YouTube timeline, I see like Terrence on all these shows, like 97.1, Dan Levitard. I'm like, wow, these guys really don't talk about boxing. Right. But you know what? To the victor, go the spoils. Hmm. Here's one from Carl Brandt, a very blunt question. Should a three-time drug cheat, and I think he's referring to Dillian White, be permanently banned from boxing? That is a really good question. Legit. Well... If you're going to ban him three times... Three strikes in your own? Yeah, the three times, uh, three strikes when you're out. That 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 seems uh, appropriate. Uh, look, we don't know the full uh, story other than maybe he ate something, and I try to say that as without <laughs> laughing, but maybe there could have been something... T- we don't know, right? Got to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, but if it's proven that he did uh, cheat all these times, then I would have no, no problem with that. It's different. Uh-huh. I was talking to... 
Jose Canseco, as a matter of fact, not too long ago, we were talking about in baseball how, and he was he was convinced that at least 90% of the guys during that era were taking him. And he's like, Mario, it's not like it's going to happen. Wow. Absolutely. Jeez. Because he used to hook up all of them up. It's not, <laughs> but guess what? When he did it, no, Kim, I, I forgot about this. When he did them, they weren't illegal. They did you know they weren't illegal? they were not breaking the rule. They weren't breaking, that's what he said. He goes, Mario, we weren't breaking the rule. We just thought, because it was used to be considered taboo yeah. when you had, used to, to You have, didn't you want to be muscles. muscle bound, right. right. He bro- he shattered that myth. So they weren't illegal. So isn't that, the, isn't that crazy? And even Barry Bonds. Never tested positive. Never tested positive. Yeah. It's all based on assumption. My point is, the worst thing you're hurting is a baseball and maybe some records. Right. If you're taking it while you're fighting, then that's we're talking, different. that's You're different. bashing ahead. That's exactly it. That's where there's a huge, huge difference and that I have a problem with. Mario, let me just say this. One time is an aberration. Two times is coincidence. Three times you're just a cheating dog. Now I, I have no problem now, with suspending him forever. Now, let's take a look at the way other sports handle drug bus, whether it's cocaine or formerly marijuana, what they generally do is they have a collective bargaining agreement and they'll say, if you test positive the first time, you go through more testing. Second time, you might get a suspension and then uh, counseling. You have to go through. Third time generally is almost like you're out of the league. That's what happened to Roy Tarpley of the Dallas Mavericks. Mm. He tested like two, three times positive. So, but again, here's the problem. Boxing actually does not have a collective bargaining agreement. They don't even have a universal commission. Right. So, and we see what's going on with uh, Connor Ben. And he, he popped hot last year, and they're still trying to finagle ways to make sure that he is able to fight. But again, three times, that's pretty alarming. Here's one from Alfredo. Hey, Steve, ask that never-aging vampire Mario, what is the like criteria? What is his criteria for someone going into the Boxing Hall of Fame? Very good question. Mm. It seems that the bar gets lowered every year. <laughs> and I feel that Hall of Fame... Um, participants should should be special should should not only have been champions but have had a bit of a run or memorable moments or a combination of there of all the, of all those things i i i it's hard for me to make a case for a guy who's never won a title to make a hall of fame even though he may have had many memorable moments right. all around the scene for um a long time if you gave me examples of fighters i could probably answer the question uh, better, but um, I think you need to have a combination of things: uh, uh, a bit of longevity, consistency, been a, consistency, been a champion, and provided memorable moments. I agree, and I'm with you on that. And were you ever considered elite for a certain amount of time? Were you on a pound for pound list consensus? There you go. And there's certain guys like, look, I I know certain people thought Tim Bradley didn't deserve the Hall of Fame, and I said this: if Tim Bradley is the line where you draw, where you don't make the Hall of Fame. Going forward, no one would make the Hall of Fame. I mm-hmm. thought Tim was an easy choice. Just look at everything he did. Unified titles at 40, had a really good run at 47, beat Juan Manuel Marquez, beat a slew of undefeated fighters that were really young mm-hmm. and good. And this also matters. And this is where you have to be as a voter, which I once was. You have to know your stuff. When you're in a fight of the decade like he was against Provodnikov, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you credit. I tell you a guy that I think is unfairly— That's moments. That's the moments. That's the moments. And I tell you another fighter that was a personal favorite of mine. I recently wrote an article for him Mark on him. Mark Johnson. Well, no. He's in it, though. No, right. But that he's was He's in it. And, yes. But no. Jose Luis Castillo is not in it. See, I would make a case. I feel he deserves to yes. be in it. Don't you? But here's the thing. I thought he beat Mayweather. And, so, if he, and, and to me, so you got to take that into consideration. Like, well, wait absolutely. a minute. I actually watched that fight. I thought he won. And at one point, I think he was the most dangerous lightweight. 
unified the division. He beat a lot of good guys. Exactly. Had a long... And gen- I think the weight... I oh, think the him. weight issues um, smeared him towards the yeah. end. That's the unfortunate but again, thing. Again, it's a whole. It's a sure, whole. You got to look at the body work. Also, if you are involved in the fight, the greatest fight I've ever seen was him and Corral. Oh, yeah, talk about moments. I mean, I talk was, about moments. Exactly. And he, here's the thing that's really unfair to him. A lot of people think he beat Mayweather. He was not the A side. Okay, Diego Corral spits out the mouthpiece twice. Buys time. And I remember going, they should just stop the fight. But Tony Weeks actually followed the rule, by the way. Mm. You are supposed to call time out. He gamed the system. Crappy rule. Crappy rule. So I don't blame Tony Weeks. So think about just one of those things goes in Jose's direction. Guess what? He's probably in Canastota. I know. And I've I've tried to make the case for him. You know, and the Hall of Fame is important. I'll tell you a story about Mark Johnson. Ten years ago when he came up for election, he called me. He's one of the first fighters I ever covered at Forum Boxing when I first got on the scene. And he said, hey, Kim, what's going on? He goes, do you think you could do me a favor? I go, what's that? He goes, I'm coming up and the voting's starting to begin. Do you think you can write a column stating my case? And I said, Mark, I'll do it for one reason. You deserve it. If I don't mean it, I won't write it. But since I think you deserve it, I'm going to write it. So I wrote something for Max Boxing. A couple months goes by. Honorable. A couple months go by. He said, Steve, you're the first guy I called you and Lem Satterfield. And he goes, I want to thank you. I think your articles helped me. I just got into the Hall of Fame. It was a great moment. I was really that, happy for that. Him. You should feel good about yeah, that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really happy because Too Sharp, what a spectacular, oh, yeah. spectacular. D.C., right? From Washington, D.C. I believe mm-hmm. that he's the second best fighter from that area after Ray Leonard. That's Ooh, how, that's that's how that's good I... That's a bold I, statement. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's second after Ray Leonard, yeah, though. Ray Leonard, Here's yeah. one from Pelon. Orale. Uh, if Crawford fights Jermall, and I think he means Jermall, and, and, he says, and becomes undisputed at 54... Would this put him past Floyd Mayweather, in your opinion? Who's fighting Canelo? Canelo is Jermel, and Jermel's made it clear, I'm going to 68 to 54, and you don't seem to believe that. Well, it, well, that's what I was going to say. Let's see. Let's take him for his word. Let's say, regardless of what happens with Canelo, even if he loses, he comes back down to 54. Do you give him still a better shot against Crawford than his other brother? Not sure. I actually think because really? I actually think that doing the whole elevator up and down. When it, yeah, when does it worked out? When we saw Roy Jones do it, and he's when, past the age of thirty, right? When we saw, I remember when I saw Chad Dawson do it, and he looked really bad. Oh, he fought at sixty-eight against yes. Ward. Didn't yes. work out. No, I remember exactly. Chris Bird made I that. that. Chris, Chris Bird, Bird lost the bunch, and he yes. lost to Sean George. Had no legs. Roy, left. No, right? Yeah. So if I'm Terrence Crawford, out. I'm saying, hey, Jermel, you really want to do that? Yeah. Go right ahead. Go for it. Yeah. So let's say a fighter. Now we know Mayweather is one of the greatest who ever lived, right? Certain certain people have him top five, which I think is a little bit of an over exaggeration. Most people have him top ten all time, but should Terrence Crawford go undisputed at forty? Undisputed at 47, cleans out 54 with all the belts. He makes a strong case. Absolutely. And the fact that he's doing it at what would be 36, 37? Yes. By the time he does have that? Starting at lightweight, by the way, where he won his first world title. Absolutely. You'd you'd put him right right there. And I'll tell you what, he's more appealing to watch. He's a meaner guy. He's a meaner guy and is more defensively. Yeah, you can't take anything away, but you never hear anybody, hey, throw on that Mayweather fight. You don't hear that. Well, you not hear a, like, after what? 130, after after Gaddy, which is at That's 140. What That's what I'm saying. Outside of that, but you, oh, you throw on that Pacquiao fight. Yes. Throw on that Chavez fight. Throw, you know there are I mean? Crawford you fights. Throw on a Crawford on. fight. You throw on some Crawford fights. That counts for a lot. Again, moments. Moments. So yes. Moments matter. And here's one from Matt Rills or Rolls. Is it just me or does that Crawford versus Spence beating get worse every time you watch it? 
It's Ooh. pretty bad. I mean, people are calling for his retirement. And look, it would, it's one loss, but it's the kind of loss that you got to kind of reassess things. You want to take a long uh, layoff. And um, I don't know necessarily if he should he should call it a day, but I he's had a lot of stuff happen outside of the rings, and I think that's a bigger factor. Mario, I watched the replay, and Showtime did a really good all-access. I know a lot of people are on Stephen A. Smith's ass because he said this guy should consider retirement. And I don't know why... It, it, the reaction been so harsh. Maybe because they don't want Stephen A. Smith talking about boxing. He said some wacky things. I'm going to stand up for Stephen A. Smith because it's not about just one loss for one night. It's about the whole spectrum of events from the well, car accident, well, that's the detached retina, yes. and the lifestyle. Yes, if you that, all that considered, it, it matters. Of, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you just never want to like. It, it almost sounds like you're kicking a guy when he's down, but you, you have to look at the big picture. And you, look at all the you, other factors. Do we care about the guy or not? No, I do know. we want fighters to be yeah. permanently damaged and disabled, or do we actually care? And in watching that fight, I tell you one thing I learned when in rewatching it. That first knockdown, I thought originally was a flash balance shot. It wasn't. Mm-mm. If you actually look at the last 10 seconds of that round when he got backed up on the ropes, Spence was actually buzzed. Mm-hmm. So every punch from that point on, and in the third round, Spence showed a lot of heart by making it close. Oh, I know. But Mario, from the fourth round on, that became a butchering. That was a bad, bad beating. I want to see the all access that Jesus. I could still catch that on yeah. Showtime, right? You can, you okay. can absolutely on demand that. And mm-hmm. they're just, I'm just telling you. Crawford had a look to him that said, I was going to win this fight. Mm. He just had that feeling. All right, moving on to final flurries on the three knockdown rule. Mario, you had a problem with my industry standard pound for pound list. And let's just go through that right now. Number one, Crawford. Easy. Number two, Bonsai. Now you're in a way. Number three, oh, one of my favorite places, Fruit Revolution in Montebello, the best smoothies. Dude, you gave them love too on Fearless oh, and God, all this. They better be breaking you up. You got a crush on a girl over there? No, what? no, but they got the freshest fruit smoothies, all fresh. I mean, just re- really. Yeah, they got that in a lot of places. No, man. no, no, not like this. There's no sugar. <laughs> oh, oh, really? And then also, number four. Not like this. All American from UM, Camp Kitchens. Great job last well, year. What is it? Who? Uh, Camp Kitchens, our free safety from Miami. Does a hell of a job there. Number five, Hustler Cassandra. Casino. Yeah, you sponsor us. You're on my pound for pound list. Number six, Coach Jason Brown and his barbecue skills. The spread that he put out for his fight party. You know what? I'm never inviting you to my house again. I might give you food and drink. Like with galore. You don't have and a I smoker. Don't, you don't have a smoker. I like do have does. a smoker, you rap bastard. And I go, you know what? And you drink my liquor and smoke my cigar okay. and all this and over here because of some whack ass barbecue. No, there's no, a, no. there's a trash and, list. And it, Keep going. And Keep I'm going not going to lie to you. List. His beef ribs. Oh God, just succulent. I got some beef for you. Yeah. Uh, and, and then number seven. Anita Baker, not Babyface. I want to make that very clear. She's, I thought about you. She's coming to concert. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to She's see her. She's coming to concert. Not, and I would, hope you baby, see, would you go to concert? You want long to go to that baby concert? Babyface isn't on the concert tour. Yeah. Long, long as long as that you. guy's What's not the there. Get that bum out of here. Uh, number eight, three knockdown rule. And then, number eight. Yeah, number eight. And the number nine, Scout Micro LA, Oscar Lopez, Viva. A Orale. fruit, a fruit and then, stand-up. You didn't put UFC the, Fight Pass. And then number 10, Phil Trainies. The world oh, famous. You know what? I like Phil. I like his chili and sea bass. But you had a problem with us being number eight. Bro, we took nine months off. You know how much I, I respect that. Was, you know, I don't want to let the people know. You know what we, I went we, through. We, you know we, what yeah, I'm. But we let the people oh, down. Our, I care up, about our Cam. audience. I don't know Shut about up. you. you I care about our audience. Um, <laughs> anyway, hey, by the way, I heard, moving on, your daughter's going into competitive cheer. I can't wait to get into a fight with another parent. This is going to be good. No, no, I'm not going to. Oh, Yo, this is going to be good. So she wanted to take a break from gymnastics, right? And her cousins, I think, are getting into it. So she wanted to get into it so I went to go um take her to this school so both with my son's wrestling 
and my daughter's now new cheer team, you got kids driving Kim almost two hours every day yeah. just to attend these practices. It's serious business. It is serious. These I'm like, these parents right here, tip of the hat to these parents and sacrificing for these kids. Thank God we don't have to make that drive, long yeah. of a drive. Uh, it's not necessarily geographically convenient either, but you know, you're going to do it for your kids, but I can't get over the sacrifice. Bro, two hours each way every day for these things. That's wild to think, but that's what you do now because the level has just gone up on these, with these kids and these competitions. So the competitive cheer, I went there, dude, it's like not, it's real like intense in the workout. And there's a lot of tumbling and the lifting and the whole, it's, I was like, wow. So she had a private tonight to just to kind of warm her up. Then she's going right into the mix with all the kids and it's it's right in East LA Orale. which is great and no air conditioning she's like oh I'm sorry the comment I go this is great it's like a boxing gym I love it I said she needs a sort of hardened uh, atmosphere so yeah good luck to Gia she's gonna start that my son's starting his wrestling he's got his first tournament three weeks away and he's been tree trains over at Bosco at the high school right there which by the way that high school is yeah. the one that had number one football mm-hmm. team in the nation and all that stuff shout out to coach Valencia he's the best over there so um, it's amazing now that the the level of these the performances of the level of these kids and the competition that they have. All I could say to Gia is, bring it on. Remember that movie? Of course I remember it, Kim. <laughs> bring it on, Kim. Bring it on. My little guy's got to step it up, though. He just turned four, so well, I'm going to break you know, his little balls. you got to break him into it. And Mario, <laughs> uh, you did ping pong for a purpose. Good cause there. With, yeah, with Clayton Kershaw. It's a, I, we've gone like seven or eight years in a row. He's done it like, I think, ten. And instead of golf tournament, it's really cool. You go on Dodger right on the the field at Dodger Stadium. A bunch of uh, ping pong tables there and a bunch of bars set up and there's bands playing and there's music yeah. and it's fun and a bunch of stuff for the kids. My kids are running around on the field. As far as the playing is concerned, man, I've done better in years past, but I was uh, paired up with Miguel Rojas, who's great. There's no Chinese ringers they bring in? Yeah, of course there is, oh dude. That's the problem. Ooh. This one girl, Those this Chinese, one Black Widow, I think was her. Oh, they're good at her, that ping pong. Her, was God, her nickname right there. Oh, I wonder. So I'm, I'm paired up against, I told Clayton, man, you got to come on with the draft. I really don't care because I just want to get yeah. back to drinking and hanging out anyway. But I, I, Kim, I was drenched playing. Well, you take outside. your ping pong seriously. But I was That's dressed. I couldn't believe it. No. I'm going to start training a little bit more you for know, that, but that was a good time. Ping pong's the one sport where Asians actually get picked first instead of last, so just keep that in mind. Dude, there's some Forrest Gump playing fools out there. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, it's oh. intense. And by the way, speaking of a great cause, we have a couple of people that actually won a contest to the Laverne Police and Canine Foundation. Look at this. Hey, this shout this out to guy. them. They came and hung out with us. Yes, and you know what? Tupelo. Uh, Tupelo. Tupelo. This guy's great, though, isn't I he? I like this I'm, guy. Kind of looks Asian with his eyes, but anyway, we want to <laughs> thank them for dropping by. Always a great foundation. But anyway. Nice. Uh, we want to let everyone know that if you want to sponsor our fine program, email us info at boxbid.io as part of the three knockdown rule. I'd like to thank everyone that made this show possible. Hey, before you go, I wanted yes. to ask you, what's up with the X on Twitter now? Why? What, oh, my what, God. Do you know the backstory? I, well, it's Elon. It tripped me out when I saw Elon's it. Elon's getting musky. I don't, I don't know. I like the bird better. I, well, you asked me a question. I answered it. But I, I kind of, I like the X. I like the bird, But do you want to, no, no, I like the X. Though. But do, I, I, I don't want to call it Twitter anymore, though. I just call it Malcolm. You just got, you hit the Malcolm. Stupid. Or DM. <laughs> Doesn't it look cool, though, the little thing? Is, I, I like the bird. I'm well, a traditionalist. You you know, you don't like changes, which you don't like. That's why you rock the same baggy ass sweats like 1999. You rock the same Kim Jong Un haircut. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. This is looking good. You know what, talk, mean? what are you, you talking about? All that, but the X, I like the X. I just, I want to call it X. I don't want to call it Twitter. Do you want to call it I Twitter? I still call so? it, wait a minute. No, so what do you mean? I want to call it X. Oh, so do you ever tell your people, hey, I, I need to send out an X? No, we say we, say we still want to send out a tweet. You call it not? tweet, but I want to call it, I'm I want to call the. He, he's eventually going to call all of it X. It's all going to be one company. 
Yeah, it's gonna be. I think X kind of cool. Can you re X me? It doesn't sound the same. Retweet me, re X. Well, or that you means know what? You I really like your X. Come on, it doesn't sound the same. Well, no, the thing could be X, but you could still tweet on X. The platform is now. Hey, can X. you delete that X? No, it doesn't. You gotta work. admit that looks cool. No, you don't I like I, it. I like the bird. You're such I like a the bird. That's what I do. I'm gonna flip I you the bird. Real. I, I keep it real. <laughs> All right. Anyway, on behalf of Mario Lopez, Tim Frazier, and Tino on the edits, like to say to everybody: Till next week. Goodbye, everybody.